Hello, I'm Emily Damien. And I'm Nicole Galicia. Uh, it was kind of, you know, covered with weeds and what have you. And uh, the sidewalks were put in. So I was on the sidewalk, and there was glass and stuff strewn out because it wasn't uh, very well maintained. And uh, as I was walking along, I glanced the glass over at my side, and I saw this uh, uh, strange sight. It looked like a, uh, it looked like a mannequin that had been cut in half and was separated and was lying there. And I didn't glance at it too long because I had my little girl with me and I thought, gosh, as I walked on further, I thought, you know, that just didn't seem right to me. And I thought, these, I could see these kids with their bicycles. I said, maybe it'll scare those kids if they ride to school and see this. So I better, uh, uh, you know, call somebody to come and at least have a look and see what it is. But I, the, the thought of a, a dead person and this is the story of one of the most famous and gruesome unsolved murders in American history. Elizabeth Short was born on July 29th, 1924, in Hyde Park, Massachusetts, to Cleo and Phoebe Short. In mid-1943, Short moved to Los Angeles and worked in a restaurant in hopes of pursuing a successful acting career. She participated in minor acting roles. On January 8, 1947, Robert Bailey dropped off Short at the Baltimore Hotel in Los Angeles. This is the last time Elizabeth was seen alive. Six days later, her naked, dismembered body was found at a vacant lot in L.A. by Betty Bersinger, who was on a walk with her daughter to get her shoes fixed. Elizabeth was dead referred to as a Black Dahlia, as her photograph first appeared on the front page of the Herald Express. During this time, newspapers were creating nicknames for murder victims and referring to them by those names. Elizabeth's supposed killer called the examiner a popular newspaper company and said he did not approve how they were covering the case, and that he insisted on bailing them Elizabeth's belongings. The killer then sent the examiner her belongings, and the examiner received a box containing Elizabeth's birth certificate, business cards, photographs, and an address book with the name Mark Hansen written on the cover. The case was extremely difficult to handle, since it was so gruesome. The police assumed the killer had to be someone who had surgical skills. Elizabeth's handbag and shoes were found in a trash can just a few miles away from the location where the body had been dumped. The murderer had a vision of how he wished the whole case would go. You could say it was planned. On February 25, 1947, the LAPD sent a letter to the FBI asking to look into California's medical students. A month later, the FBI sent a list of students enrolled at the University of Southern California. 192 people were considered possible suspects. The LAPD narrowed it down to three. Of many, one is highly suspected of killing Elizabeth Shore. In early 1949, the jury called together to finally discuss suspects and the police corruption towards the case. Out of the many suspects, only a few remained the most skeptical, those being Robert Manley, Joseph Dumai, and George Huddle. Robert Manley was the first suspect the LAPD suspected of killing Elizabeth Short. Manley returned to San Diego a while before Elizabeth's death. 
He was the first suspect automatically because he picked Elizabeth up and dropped her off at the Baltimore Hill Hotel, him being the last person to see Elizabeth alive. Manley was then detained and was soon set free as he passed two lie detector tests and had a solid alibi. When the LAPD found Elizabeth's items, he was able to verify that the items were hers. A while after he was investigated, Manley had been discharged from the military due to his mental disabilities. He had unfortunately suffered from nervous breakdowns and had been struggling with auditory hallucinations. He was dropped as a suspect after using sodium pentothal, or also known as truth serum. The second suspect was Joseph Dumai. He was one of the many false confessors in the case and had confessed to the murder a few weeks after it had occurred. Dumai was a 29-year-old soldier stationed in Fort Dix, New Jersey. Before blacking out for several days, he had offered the LAPD a statement on how he had dated Elizabeth on January 9th or 10th in 1947. He claims he had killed Elizabeth during his blackout, although Dumain was seen at Fort Dix a few days before and the day of the murder, making it impossible of him being the killer. Of the many suspects, George Huddle seemed to be the most questioned. In 1949, Huddle was accused of molesting his 14-year-old daughter, Tamar Huddle. Witnesses came forward to confess that Huddle had assaulted his daughter, and he was then acquitted of his sexual assault charges. This case was then brought against him as he was led to the LAPD for the suspect list for the Black Dahlia case. The LAPD had put Hodel under surveillance from February 27, 1950 to March 6, 1950. Their goal was to see if he would make any comments about involvement in the Black Dahlia murder. During the recording, detectives found hearings of a woman screaming continuously. Later that day, he was heard talking to his confidant, saying, Realize there is nothing I could do. Put a pillow over her head and cover her with a blanket. Get a taxi. Expired at 12.59. They thought there was something fishy. Anyway, now they may have figured it out. Killed her. Their surveillance continued to record and Hodel mentioned that Elizabeth's short death. On tape, George was heard saying, quote, Supposing I did kill the Black Dahlia, they couldn't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary anymore because she's dead. And- and due to his comments, he was questioned furthermore. In a report written by Lieutenant Frank Jemison, he notes that Lillian Denorak, who lived with Hodel, identified Elizabeth as one of his girlfriends. She also claims that he had spent some time around the Baltimore Hotel where Elizabeth was last seen. The LAPD had suspected that the killer had to be someone with great surgical skills and knowledge. Therefore, Hodel had attended medical school leading into surgery. The police had also found photos of a woman that were thought of being Elizabeth's photographs. In the end, the photos were inconclusive. Steve Huddle, son of Robert Huddle, recognizes his father as innocent until he investigates furthermore into the case. They've been found at a vacant lot posed and surgically bisected, not cut in half with a saw or, you know, but it was a skilled surgeon. So, of course, that limits your pool right there. Well, my father had been a surgeon in his early years of doctoring. So he certainly had that ability. But then um, there were a whole bunch of things that I would discover that he actually knew her and was dating her. Um, he had become a suspect in 1949 and arrested for incest, for having sexual uh, relations with my half-sister Tamar. Back in 49, uh, three-week trial, he beat the case, but basically there were three witnesses present, adults. And um, so he was a powerful, what, what they called in that day a high jingo. He was uh, untouchable and the head of LA County Health Department. And I started digging in and uh, eventually um, I built an, a case that would, you know, basically open the door to the secret files.
which nobody knew anything about. We got into those DA files, and lo and behold, he was the prime suspect all along. You know, I mean, Steve Hodell could talk for, you know, 20 hours on why his father did it, but here we've actually got an independent, separate file locked away for 55 yeah. years. And, and Steve, it's, all, it's incredible, because your dad basically confessed to the murder of Elizabeth Short, the Black Dahlia, and his secretary. Why was he not prosecuted? Well, actually, he, you know, what they did was they tape recorded him 18 detectives 24-7 for 42 days around the clock. And they got him not only to confess to the Black Dahlia murder, and, and these are not phone taps. These are like microphones hidden in the wall that he had no idea were there. And uh, so he cops to paying police. You know, and you have to understand, L.A. was a very corrupt department back then. It was a real-life L.A. confidential, if you will. And uh, so a lot of the cops were on the take, and Dad had a lot of money and a lot of power and a lot of influence. And he was performing abortions for the police department and the politicos of the day. And he was about to be arrested by the DA's office, who had actually taken over the investigation. And we're literally uh, days away from arresting him, and he splits, leaves the country. And uh, he's in the wind. And uh, you kind of have to understand the politics of L.A. at the time. Chief Parker, who's our most famous uh, police chief, was about to take over, literally weeks away from uh, assuming becoming chief. And they thought, well, wait a minute, he's in the wind. He's gone. He's left the country. Maybe uh, it's best if we just lock this away for now and, uh, you know, keep it under wraps. We'll come back to it, but let's clean up Dodge, get rid of all the corruption. Uh, if we if we expose this now, we won't be able to assume power and do what we want to do. So there was... Based on the investigation findings, evidence strongly suggests Nimi conclude that George Huddle was the murderer of Elizabeth Short. It is certain that the case has remained unsolved. Because of George Huddle covertly paying the DA to hide the evidence found that will lead George to be guilty. Elizabeth Short's body was cut in half and her blood was drained out of her body, leaving her pale, white, naked, and full of ghastly incisions around her body. Elizabeth's face was cut through the lip to the side of her face on both sides. Investigators say the cuts were made while she was alive, meaning she was tortured to death. Investigators believe that she had been tied down and tortured for several days due to rope marks on her wrist, ankles, and neck. The autopsy reveals many lacerations to the face and head. There was also numerous cuts in a crisscross pattern over her pubic area. The official cause of death was hemorrhage and shock due to the concussion of the brain and lacerations on the face. For many reasons, society feels as if the police hasn't done enough to solve the case. The murder happened in 1947, and it still remains unsolved. With today's technology, the murder could be solved. Rich or poor, adversity happens to anyone.